Have you turned there with me? I appreciate your indulgence. If you finally say amen, I suppose you're looking on the screen. James chapter 1 and verse 5. If any of you lack, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and shall be given him. Lord, one more time, we are allowed to live and be in your presence to discuss your thoughts, your themes, and your word. Speak now clearly to us. And let us experience what we just read in Jesus' name. God blessings be upon thee, precious ones. May be seated. My title is, and please turn that box off, please. It's automatic. When I start preaching, turn it off. My title is The Generosity of God. The Generosity of God. Now, we don't wear jewelry, but there are jewel stores. And when you go on a cruise, that's where they take you to the jewel store. And you can see how much money I spent on my wife. Zero. So we've got one of the best doctrines there is. When I go by a jewel store, my wife don't have to worry about me, and I worry about her, because she's not just going to buy any, and I won't spend any either. But in every jewel store, one thing is prominent. Diamond and gold are always placed on a negative background. And that's to bring out the beauty and the splendor and the elegance of the diamond or the gold or whatever they want to portray. The background reveal the best, the elegancy of what's sitting there. And I can't think of a better background to place our God than the times that I'm living in. I am living in perilous times. But my God is in precious times of these perilous times. God is precious in the midst of perilous time. In this time of troubles, God is like a treasure in the background. Amen. Just stand out superior and beautiful. Now, when the psalmist wrote the 23rd Psalm, he was speaking of the uh, generosity of God. That's what he had in his mind. The difference between Saul, King Saul, and King David was David was a man that always recognized the generosity of God in the midst of hard times and tough times when no one knew what direction to take and the society was godless and perilous. David knew that God was the epitome of hope. God either was the hope or the promise of David. He's never without either one. Something that both promise and hope. But he's never without either of them. And so David wrote the 23rd Psalm. But listen to our world as they twist that scripture. And they would write to you. And that's why they act out today. You can hear it in their lifestyle. In the way they speak. The way they uh, satire us on their media. 
They would say, Our brethren who art on earth, hallowed be our name. <laughs> our kingdom come. Our will be done on earth, for there is no heaven. When God said, Imagine there is no heaven, and there is no hell, He says. We must get this day our daily bread. We neither forgive or forgiven. We fear not temptation, for we deliver ourselves from all evil. For ours is the kingdom and power, and there is no glory and no forever. That's the prayer and the anthem of the unthankful in perilous times. He said, Pastor Neil, is that what they're living? That's exactly what they're saying. That's what they practice. And they're living in a time that's perilous. But the Bible says, in the evening time, there shall be light. The people that sat in darkness shall see light. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. The time might be perilous, but it does not mean we can't have the precious one in the midst of perilous time. The time might be perilous, but it doesn't mean we can't have precious pearls and treasures coming out in the background. Amen. And so our generation that we're living in, they are very unthankful, the Apostle Paul says, and unthankfulness is associated with an unnatural affection, ungratefulness, selfishness, unappreciative, demanding, constantly dissatisfied with what they have, self-centered, forgetful of all that's gifted and good to them in terms of kindness, insensible to the grace of God, to the point that even turning God's grace into disgrace, uh, oblivious to true love and their gappy love. They're always fault-finding, grumbling, always grasping for more, discontent. But in the midst of all that godless society, God is still precious in perilous time. Praise God. This godless world is never content. This godless world, they don't want more. They want more than more they want the most. Hello? They don't want better. <laughs> they want what's best. They're not concerned for God. They're concerned for self-interest. That's the world. Background that Paul called perilous. They are selfish, ambitious. It dictates their thoughts and their actions and the lives that they live. Amen. They said, uh, will God... Will God? Can God? Does God? They give God no recognition for nothing. Amen. They will lie, cheat, and steal just in the interest of self-interest. That's the background we're living in. But in the evening time, there shall be light. The people that sat in darkness will see a great light. There's a divine contrast to our world situation. The materialism has dominated the world dominate our lifestyle, dominate our choices, till we all become unfaithful. We are more lovers of ourselves. Proud bolsters, godless society, think there is no God. But again, in the evening time, there shall be light. And David said, there shall be light. Let's praise the Lord. Let's give God the praise. There shall be light. Now,
in the midst of all that situation. There's a generous God. A generous God that does not cease to be generous in spite of the condition that we're living in. Even though the world is unthankful, even the world is without natural affection, even though the world is driven by self-interest and unappreciative, there is a generous God in our midst. The man writer says here, God is a liberal giver. God is a what? God give all time. Now, I look at the apostles. One time they were in dire straits, and they're all hungry, and there's no food. A little boy have a lunch in his pocket, in his little jar. The Lord said, let's feed the crowd. They said, there's no food. Send them away. That's our society. Send your problems away. But Jesus Christ said, no, no, just to be here. They can't make it. The apostle said, well, we can't feed them either. Little boy stepped forward, and he gave his lunch to Jesus. Well, first of the apostles. And the disciples said, not thanks. You know what they said? What are these among so few? Minimizing what God will look to maximize. An unthankful person don't see possibilities. All they see is problems. They don't believe God can intervene and take the size of a man's hand cloud and make it a rain torrential cloud. They don't believe that God can take little things and make it big things. But I want to tell you, the people that know their God are going to be strong in perilous time. Because we're serving a God that said, You will never walk. Now, your daddy can't tell you that. Your mommy can't tell you that. They may wish that. But only God can tell you, You shall never walk. If I am your shepherd, thou shalt not walk. Come on, give God the hand praise right now. You see, they, they discounted what the Lord had received. And the Lord said, Now, don't you be unthankful. And Jesus took what they discounted, put it in his hand, lifted up his eyes, and the first thing he did was he blessed and gave thanks. I wonder if there's an object lesson here in the service this night. When you despise small things and you realize that God can do big things with little things, Jesus took that insignificant thing that the lad gave and so many said was not worth even thanking for. Jesus hold it up and he gave thanks. And when he looked down, he broke it. And begin to distribute to twelve big burly men and said, Go feed the five thousand. Go feed that mob of people. Now, church, I can imagine their eyes bulging. Is Jesus out of his mind? And watch him as he defied the law of conservation. As he broke the loaves and the few fishes. They never saw it grew, they didn't see it multiplied. No bakery came on the scene. No fish a estuary showed up. Amen. There was no spawning. Come on now. There was no multiplication. All we know, he gave thanks. Look what thanks can do. Look how far thanks can take little things. And he gave thanks. And when he put it in their hand, it went 12 directions. 
Jesus knows how to put a generous God in a negative background to show off his greatness. If he was in a place of plentiness, that story would never have been written in the Bible. But they're in a desert place. No bakery. No seed to fish. Amen. No 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 cookery. Amen. Or cutlery round. Just a little more lunch. Hand over to Jesus. And the rest said it's not going to work. But Jesus gave thanks. This is what thanks will do for people who realize our God is a generous God. Who giveth liberally. That means he's not conservative with his giving. He's not giving you just a little bit. He's giving a whole lot more than you were promised. A whole lot more than you expected. The kind of God that we serve in a negative world is a God that's a liberal giver. Our God is so generous that He gives good measures. Hallelujah. Push down. Running down. Shaking down. Always abounding. Because He is a generous God. He's not a stingy God. You don't feed your God. Your God feeds you. You don't carry your God. Your God carries you. Oh, hallelujah. You don't wait on God. He waits on you. I'm talking about a God that James discovered. James is talking about a God he met in the wilderness that fed the 7,000, the 3,000, the 5,000, whatever they were. He saw and said, Our God is liberal. <laughs> that means he does squander what he gives. I see in the Bible. The Bible says the 11th hour. He saw some men out there idling. Unemployed. Seven in the field. They work one hour. Let me show you kind of God you would like to work for. They worked one hour. And when they came home, they had no idea who this God was. He was a liberal God. He paid them for 12 hours. Even though they only work one hour because of the generosity of our God. It didn't matter how many hours they work. And the Bible says the unthankful people who work 12 hours and they work one hour begin to chide at the Master because of His generosity. He said, look, we work 12 hours and you paid us 12 hours. And the Lord said, what's wrong with that? You ought to be thankful you're, you're, you're employed. Be thankful you got a job. Be thankful I paid you. Why are you upset? Because... I gave this other person 12 hour wages for one hour work. I want to teach you that God is a generous God. I'm going to tell you who went home happy. Not those with 12 hours, amen, work, but those who work one hour and got 12 hours paid. I'm going to tell you when their wives and their husbands said, What happened? I work for a generous boss. He's a generous boss. I work one hour and he paid me for twelve. It was no mistake. It's the liberality of a generous God. You can tell the difference in worship. 
who really are thankful. When the girl brought the alabaster box among a crowd of people, there were people that he had healed. There was a leper in the house that was brought back into civility and should be thankful. He should be kissing over Jesus' hands all over the place. He should be licking his boots. <laughs> and thank God he came back into civilization because he was an outcast. He was a thrown away, a reject. But Jesus Christ touched him one day. Amen. And brought him back in the situation. He sat there and forgot to give thanks to a generous God who not only made him whole, but healed him. But he could come back to his family and sit in his own house. And he didn't give thanks to the Lord. But somebody, a little girl, walked in there whose sins were forgiven. And she was so thankful. Oh, my God, he's generous. Though my sins were as high as the mountain, and my problem was as deep as the ocean, and he forgave them all. She walked in that house, and she began to express her thanksgiving. So what a generous God. He buried my sea in the sins of forgetfulness. I'm talking about a generous God. It will determine by your worship how thankful you are. Why don't you raise those hands and signal to God that you recognize the generosity of God and putting you into the house of God blessings and brought you into commonwealth that was not a part of your heritage. He got a generous God that broke down the walls and the partition and gave you a civility. You got a God that gave you recognition. You got a God that gave you citizenship. You got a God that forgave all your sins and forgave your transgressions. You got a God who came into your life and brought you in and is battle over you's love. You got a God that brought you in and married you to the right man and married you to the right woman. You got a right God that gave you houses to live in that you didn't build, jobs you weren't qualified for, heal your broken body. I'm trying to tell somebody your God is generous. Hallelujah. There's a guy in our midst. That he danced in the Lord like he's dancing in the world. They can't take him. But they all forgot one thing. He's not dancing for them. Like David, he's dancing on reflection on the generosity of God. He said, Woman, if you don't like what you see, you ain't seen nothing yet. You think this is anything yet? He said. But I said, he danced with all his might. You know what saying? My God is being generous. When my brother didn't think I could be a king, he thought I could. When daddy didn't count me in, he brought me in. When Samson overlooked me, he looked at me. Come on, friend. I want to tell you, there's a generous God. And David said, oh, taste and see that my God is good. He took with a good God, a generous God, a faithful God, a liberal giving God. Everything about God is giving. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God is a giver. God is generous. God so loved that he gave himself a ransom for my sins. 
God gave us the best He ever could. Hey, He died for me when I shouldn't be died for. Because God is a generous God. Maybe you can't shout because you don't recognize what God did. Hallelujah. Everything about God, God gave. God gave. God gave. Can you imagine? Only work one hour and went home with a 12-hour pay packet. Here's Peter. Toil all night, like so many of us, doing our own self-interest stuff. And we caught nothing in our abode trying to mend our lives and mend our nets. And here comes Mr. Generosity walking by. He said, let me sit in your boat for just a minute. Peter have no idea who he's talking to. You know who's knocking at your door? Generosity. Opportunity knock. You should have been a Samaria woman. If you knew who I am, if you knew just walk in your street, I overcome odds to get here. And here's your chance. I got a drink you've never drank before. I will give you the some drink you will never have to drink again. I'm a generous God. I said, I give liberally. You just walk into blessings and opportunities. Uh, I'm a lady. Do you know who it is talking to you? Peter, do you know who's in your boat? Mr. Generosity. So, that's a long time, Peter. So, long time. Let me put for a minute, please. Now, did Jesus Christ really need that boat? No. He was looking for an opportunity to be generous. Did he have to go to Samaria for bread? No. He could have got bread in Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem is called the bread house. Not Samaria. Bethlehem emphasized not too far away. He know where it is. But he deliberately walked where it is. Do you need Jacob's well? No. Hey, oh, well, you don't need Jacob's well to get the water? No. But he went there. Amy, why? Because he wants to act generous. There is a generous God. That's in the midst of a perilous world. One of the shows them strong on the behalf of those who would dare believe that God is a liberal giver. When Peter lost that boat out and the sermon was over. Okay, Peter launched out a little further. Simon, he said, Simon, do it. He said, I said, well, what for? He said, well, I want to give you a catch. Catch? I've been here all night. Nothing happened around here. The fish ain't biting. Peter, you know who you're talking to? The one in Genesis says, And let the water bring forth. Let the water bring forth fishes, birds, creeping things. That's the same one on that boat. It's the same one in this church tonight. Hallelujah. And so now, Lord, you understand, I toil all night. I caught nothing. So what are you talking about? I launch out and cast my net. He said, net is at your word. I'll do it. So he cast his net over. Church, the Bible said he caught more fish in that one cast than in a lifetime. 
that Peter realized this is not ordinary fishing. He said, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. Now the Lord didn't say anything to me except the fishes. Hallelujah. His boat starts sinking. His net starts almost breaking. And he can't handle it. Why? He caught more in one gift of God than all his lifetime. He just had in his boat Mr. Generous God. Get him in your life. Get him in your boat. Get him in your disappointment. And watch the generosity of God. These young men said, yes, God can take little things and move mountains, obstacles, and turn obstacles into stepping stone. I'm telling you, don't give up on God. What he failed to do in promise, he will do in hope. What he failed to do in hope, he'll do in promise. And sometimes he get a double whammy. He get hope and promise all at the same time. Because I serve a generous God. When he heal, hallelujah, he don't just heal, he makes you whole. So for a while, you know, the woman with the cruise of oil and brought her problem to Jesus prophet because he is the God of the Old and New Testament she had no idea this prophet knew somebody that she ought to know she's complaining what's going on and the man of God said look go borrow some vessels notice he put no limitation as to how much blessing you're going to receive you determine the limit and the boundaries of the blessing that come. I'm going to tell you this. Get ready for it. You prepare for it. And I will do the filling up. Glory to God. I pour in hope. And receive in promise. And she got a cruise of all church. I don't think she had the tar sand in her backyard. But all of a sudden her, her home become a oil field. I said an oil field. I don't know how she got connected to the oil field. She had no bucket wheel. She had no steam blower. But one thing I know, she got the God of giver of oil. And she started pouring. And the more she pour, it's the more the oil comes. And she's watching it. It's not going down. It's just staying there because God is a generous God. He's a liberal giver. The generosity of God went into her house and solved her problem. It was a black background, but God gave her light. I'm going to tell you, honey, I don't care about the night is. There's a light that can shine in your situation. I don't care what problem you got. God can turn into possibilities. I don't care, my friend, how much trouble you got. God can turn into treasures. There is a generous God that wants to come to your house. Hallelujah! And give you all feel of blessing. And you keep on pouring and pouring and pour and pour and pour and pour. Until she has more than enough. God said, when I give, you can live off after you pay your debt and have surplus to live on. Because He's a generous God. The barrel of meal, you know, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you tonight, 
The young man said tonight that God said He'd give you the greatest problem because you're the best among the rest. You think you're the least, but God said you're the best among the rest. And so I chose you for that suffering. Hallelujah. He said, Peter, you're going to glorify me. Hallelujah. God matched the blessing with the suffering. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. And so he said, Now go down to that woman's house. And she's on her last penny. She's on her last meal. She lost everything. And she said, Feel like now as death is coming after I have my last rites. But then come a man of God walk in the house. And said, Make me a cake. My friend, I'm trying to give you an opportunity to give God a reason to bless you. Your problem, give God a reason to visit you. If you don't have no problem, you don't need me, God says. If you have no sorrow, you don't need a joy. <laughs> Hallelujah. And when that man walked said, make me a cake first. Uh, she had no idea a miracle was going to take place in her life, in her home. Everybody else was starving. But God knew if she could have a miracle, she would be thankful. Hallelujah. She would be grateful. And the master God said, make me a cake. And when she went to him, he said, make me first. And so she did. And he said, now go make one. But just a minute, sir. I just finished everything. You told me there's nothing left in the barrel. He said, go take a look. I'm going to say somebody right now. You've tried before. One time. Two times. Three times. Four times. Five. You failed. Go back again. Go back again. Well, why didn't you work the first time? I want to see how far you're going to trust me. Hallelujah. And she walked up, she thought, alone to the barrel. But there's an invisible hand beside her, the generous hand. When she put her hand into the barrel, and she walked away, I believe God's angel came and put some more back in. As she took it out, an angel came. Hallelujah. And put some more in. It's called, I will supply all your needs. What's his name? I will supply all your needs. Mr. Generous God. Come back there. And so, for three and a half years, it never ran out because of the God of generosity. Hallelujah. And I could talk to you about the loaves and the fishes. God said, your cup runneth over. Now, some folks, when you go for coffee in all those places, they get a cup almost three-quarter full. God said, when I give you a cup, the saucer is blessed also. I don't think you heard me. I bless your saucer also. When I pour my friend, it is overflow. Because God is generous. I don't know how you're sitting there, but I'm telling you, my friend, I can't sit preaching this message. I'm excited about a generous God in my life. When He gives, He gives liberally. He gave abundantly, overflowing, pressed down, running over, shaken down. I mean, God is a supplier. God, in the midst of a negative world, there is a positive God. Hallelujah. I was in one city in, in, in Georgia preaching. They gave me my, my time to preach very very late, and it's getting late. So I realized I ain't got much time. And I turned to that scripture. I said, first of all, turned to the person beside you and said, 
How big is your bosom? All of a sudden, there's male and female there. So, I don't want to go to their, to their mind a negative world concept. But I was talking about biblical concept. And they said, Brother Neve, break that down. Hallelujah. I said, how big is your bosom? You see, you guys don't understand. It's like me telling you to go into Safeway. And I give you five seconds to heap up all you can. Man, it's one time being a man doesn't help. Because you don't have a dress to do this. And your pocket can't hold what those dresses can hold. A smart woman will go in there and you got the right dress on, it's not too tight. But lots of room there. She can leave with a whole lot. But if it's too tight, she's in trouble. Like we men with pants. But he can go in there and just go the car to go. She can stay in somebody's pocket. And she can walk out of their mouth all the same way. Amen. Full. Full of goods. That's how they came out of Egypt. Full of stuff. I mean, God put generosity in their adversary to give them gold, silver, brass. Hey, he's a generous God. So, there are people that were shocked. There are people that went shopping what I said. And only those who believed God was generous got blessed. One man said, man, I had to put a brand new building, several acres of land, and I got this several bus given to us after I did what you said. Because, he said, man, I want to tell him what you did. So I didn't do it. It was God that did it. God confirming the word with signs following. I'm trying to say God wants to give you an overflow. In the midst of the negative background that you have, God wants to shake it down. Push down. Run it over. God give good measure. Somebody to realize. You walk in a leper, but leave here better. Come on, somebody. You walk in here with solid flesh, but go like a brand new baby. Because your God is a generous God. God is very generous. We preceded it. And here's not church. God said, those who have more, more, shall be given. Hello. Let him ask of God. Nothing doubting. Don't pout. Everything I have in make mercy that came here, it all happened through miracle. Brother Fogg says, you got a miracle church, Brother Neil. Because every one of us could tell him a story of a miracle. Folks, is how bad make Mary is and how cloudy it is and all that, 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 that. That has never been my story. Never been my story. I have no idea what they're talking about. All I know is, my God is generous to me. My cup running over. My stomach is bulging. My weight is increasing. Hallelujah. Because he said, I will supply all, not some, all your needs. God gave us more than enough. 
You know, Israel had the offering time called by Moses. And some churches don't know that, but it can happen. Well, he called for an offering. The Bible says, when he called for the offering, the coffer was full and the money flowing over. They could build up to 25 different tabernacles. Moses says, stop! Bring it! I've got more than enough. The storehouse is bagooning it. I don't need no more. Church, that is amazing. He experienced the generosity of God. What did God anger the most with Israel was this. Israel was in the wilderness and God tested her. You see, God wanted to know how far I can push you. Now, He knows how far I can push you. He knows your break point. You're not there yet. You think you are, but you're not. God knows when you get there. He knows when you're there. He pushed Job to the limit, but not to the, the breaking point. Hello? And he says, I know Job will not give up on me, though you allow me to test him that far. But when it was all over church, Job had more than he started out with. Job said, My Lord giveth. He was wrong about my Lord taketh. The Lord didn't take from him. The devil did. God did not take from Job. He can't find the Bible. The devil took it. God gave it. And God gave him more than he needed next time. More life. I want to tell you, church, when your ways please God, this is scripture, he'll bring your enemy to be at peace with you. Will they want to or not, they'll lick your boots. I said they'll lick your boots while you drink their soup. I'm trying to tell you, my friend, when God got ready, Saul had to confess that David was righteous. Saul tried to keep him off the throne and to give it up to David. And the house of Saul went weaker and weaker. And David experienced the generosity of God and his house grew stronger and stronger. Michael, I thank you for that testimony you said. God testing your house. He does test your house. To see how much, how much you believe that he's a liberal giver. Let's worship God. When you knock, it shall be given. When you ask, it shall be given. When you seek, he shall find. How many years you've come to the wedding? They got no wine left, and they're bankrupt. They got no money left, no more wine. And Jesus Christ showed up. He said, "Give us some water here," and he provided wine. Wow, where this came from? The generous God came to your marriage. Came to the wedding. It goes on and on. But churches are bothering me right now. There's a rich man in the Bible. This man planted a harvest. Now every one of you in this church are going to be blessed beyond your expectation. Because God's not limited to what you think. He said, I'm going to exceed it. That you may know that I am He. I'm Jehovah Shammah. <laughs> I'm your Jehovah Jireh. Break it down. Jesus Christ. All things are in His name. And here's a spin. Here's a spin. I'm telling you. God said, tell you tonight, I'm going to bless you beyond your expectation. When, Lord, suddenly, suddenly, this man, he invested 
investing seeds in the ground. It's buried. He can't see it. And one day he woke up. He got a crop greater than he hoped for. Bigger than he expected. God was not against that. Because he couldn't bring the crop. God gave it to him. All he had to do was to recognize that the generous God had paid him a visit and blessed his vineyard. And the Bible says, he said to himself, what am I going to do? My return on my investment is greater than I hope for. I've got more blessing than I planned for. My house is not even big enough to hold what God is doing in my life. I don't have the capacity to receive all that God has in store for me right here. Look at it. I'm overwhelmed. I've got too much blessing. I realize it can last for my retirement and beyond that. What am I going to do? You the feel like I had cancer. What am I going to do after all? My barn is not big enough. My house can't hold it. You know, that's the people in the world. So they move is they just pack stuff, pack stuff, so there's no place left to live. And they live in a little hole like this. <laughs> it's amazing for rat packs. <laughs> they pack all these stuff and pack them up, and they hoard things, this hoard thing, hoard thing. They, they always felt it's good enough for them, and maybe it is, but they can't use it all. They would need fifteen hundred life life cycle to use it all up. Amen. And at the sky, he said, "My God, if I bring all that the blessing God gave me, my barn couldn't hold it, my house couldn't hold it. If I bring all my house, there's no place to live to sleep in there." It's a blessing. Okay, here I'm going to, I'm going to tear the bones down. I'm going to tear it all down. I'm going to build something different here. And church, he made no provision for God. He got too blessed. What he should have done is realize the generosity of God to bring such great increase in his crop. And then he should have said, I've got a right to go back and give God the praise. When David realized what God promised him through Nathan, he went back to the house of the Lord, sat on the floor. He sat on the floor, stripped himself of all the blessing, and said, Oh my God! Who am I? What am I? That you should love me so much to bless me above my brothers and my sisters. More than my father's house without the least of the bunch of them. Why have you done this? And speak of me for such a long time. David wrote, I shall never want. Because the Lord is my shepherd. In other words, my God. Be generous. <laughs> My God is generous. 
And when he was about to die, he told Solomon, Mr. Solomon, I'm giving you from my abundance. Hallelujah. Because I serve a generous God. I want to tell you, church, that man, God did bless him. He did bless him. He couldn't bring that crop on his own. God gave it to him. But he, like Israel, you know what? He's not giving God thanks. He's fighting for I learned not to criticize what God has commented to me in my life. Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship God. Let's worship God. God does not want to be ungrateful stand or unthankful. God gave the man a greater harvest than he expected. It's like Jonah. God gave him a revival he didn't want. No preacher in the Bible ever had a revival Jonah had. Not even Jesus Christ. I said, not even Jesus had the revival that Jonah had. But Jonah didn't want it. One simple message he preached. Not like Noah for 120 years, I don't have eight people. This guy preached one day of an entire city bowing. And he's upset over it. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, church, God's generosity is in this service. Amen. I want somebody, you've tried everything, and everything has failed. Everything you've tried, gone to naught. It looked like God left you out of the picture. But could it be God have the 11th hour blessing for you? I want you to step out one more. You know, I want to tell you something, church. Defeat after defeat doesn't mean you're forgotten. Mm-hmm. God says seven times some of the righteous fall. If you think you're falling about the sixth time, walk down the aisle. Say, Lord, I've fallen on the sixth time. And I need to be picked up. But I want to tell you, he didn't say the eighth time. The seventh time is too many. God said one more time. Step out. Hey, you know, Ruth was so thankful. She was, she walked in the house of plenty, church. She walked, she was picking a little trash and little leftovers here. God said, now you're going to hold the field. I'm serving a generous God. A generous God that giveth the Holy Ghost liberally. Lift up those hands and believe God. Anybody else? Pour on me, God. Pour on me. He's not going to. Scream out here, pour the Holy Ghost! Gonna pour the Holy Ghost! Pour the Holy Ghost! Worship Him! Come on!